y'all doing a scent? Yes, see, that's, that's what I'm talking about. I'm so excited. Um, I have not been up front since we have done the one service, so it's so good to see everybody together. And I know there is some of you that are tuning in online right now. Shout out to you. So since I haven't been up here in a minute, you know, I got to do my little PSA just real, real quick, just in case I know we may have some new people joining us for the first time or somebody visiting with us. I just want to say welcome to you. Um, but if you couldn't tell already, I like when people engage with me when I preach. I like when you talk back. I like when you say amen. If I say something that's funny, laugh. If I don't, please don't, because my husband always tells me I'm corny. So trying to work on that, trying to work on that. He's, he's honest, he's honest, and sometimes it's true. So I just wanted to put that out there really quick. Amen? Amen. All right, if I don't get nothing else from you, I got that and I'm very happy. Um, but again, since I haven't been up here in a minute, I wanted to share just some few updates with you all. Um, the first update being that last night at 11.13 p.m., I submitted an 18-page paper for my final, and I am officially done with my first year of seminary. Thanks, ooh. Yes, that, that was definitely a huge exhale for me. Um, just feels so good to be done and just kind of breathe until I'm back in class in three weeks. Um, so the next thing, if you've heard my husband and I, my husband or myself speak over the past few years, You've probably heard us talking about how we are saving for a home and we're working our budget and we're sacrificing and all these things. And y'all, today marks one month of us being in our brand new home. And we are loving it, loving it. And um, we've been staying in an apartment and there's just some things that I forgot that come with living in a home that I am just cherishing right now and I wanted to share with you. One. I don't have to hear my neighbors. Now, my neighbors was loud. I'd be trying to study, work on my sermon. They loud. I could hear them. I don't miss that at all. I love my privacy. I got that back. Now, the next thing, y'all, is laundry. Now, I have no problem with commun communal laundry. I've done that before. But our last situation, it was getting a little bit rough. People were leaving things. They weren't cleaning it out. It was in the midst of COVID. It was just nasty. And I want to shout out. Um, those in this house who let me come over and wash my clothes because I literally just couldn't do it no more. Now this last one, hear me out when I say this, but uh, multiple toilets. <laughs> now, again, it's two of us in this apartment, one toilet. And you know, my husband's the morning person, so when I get up, you know, instead of having my mind on Jesus, like I'm trying to live my life, my mind is like, Lord, please don't let him be in the toilet because I really got to go. And he's always on the toilet. And then for him, I come alive in the afternoon. And when he comes home from work, he's like, just walk in the door. I hope you're not in that bathroom. Yes, I am in that bathroom. <laughs> so now we got options and we're super excited about that. <laughs> Oh man, shout out to Beth who's hosting online. She's been praying for me and I just feel them prayers, girl, so thank you so much. Now this last one, I wrestled with a little bit, but where I landed is that I don't wanna let the enemy or 
hurtful experiences from well-intentioned people cause me to be silent in this season when I think God is telling me to be bold and declare my faith. So we've shared a little bit about where we are on our journey to parenthood. And I believe the same way that God expanded our home in an unlikely season, in a competitive market, and he exceeded our expectations, we are believing, like, I've never had joy in a waiting season, but I have joy today, okay? You ain't going to get no tears, maybe at the end, but I have joy, and we believe that God will expand our family in his divine timing, and I look forward to the day when I will be able to share that update with you all as well. Amen. I love it. We're going we gonna to have a good time today in God's word. All right, so enough about me. Today, not only are we starting a new series, but we're also entering into a new era at Ascent, a new chapter. So this series that I get the privilege of kicking off is called Ascent 2.0. You know, Sierra said, level up, level up. Some of y'all know about that, some of y'all don't, and that's all right. We're leveling up. Right now, we see ourselves as standing over a great overlook looking ahead at what comes with the future of Ascent. We are excited to see what God has in store for our church, and we are willing to go, we're willing to do, we want to do, we want to go wherever God leads us, wherever God directs us. And as we step forward in confidence, as we're willing to take risks, as we're willing to try new things, as we embrace the challenges that come, we know that we must be centered. Moving forward, we must be centered. And over the next few weeks, we're gonna be looking at the primary things that are going to center us. And before I share what our focus will be for today, I just wanna take a quick poll so you can raise your hand. How many of you have ever played hide and seek? Yes, okay, this is what I expected. <laughs> the majority, right? Now, what about this? How many of you have ever played hide and seek 2.0? Mm, a lot of y'all don't even know what that is, so let me clarify. 2.0 is when you play in the dark. And I'm not talking outside at 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. No, I'm talking pitch black in a house, you even plug the appliances because you don't want the clock on the stove, you know, giving just a little glimmer of light. And I vividly remember, I'll never forget, when my cousin said, let's play hide and seek 2.0, and they made me be it. You hear that? They made me because, you know, when you're the youngest, sometimes people just tell you what you gotta do, so that's what they did. They made me be it. And I'll never forget, I came out of the bedroom, I counted maybe 30 seconds or so. And at that moment, I realized what I should have already known. I can't see nothing. And this is before, you know, now I got some little vision challenges and I wear glasses. I had good vision then, and I still couldn't see anything. And it felt like forever, it was probably only a few minutes. I just got frustrated because I don't see nothing, I don't hear nothing, like no one's like breathing hard so I can know what direction to go. And I just walk in the hallway, I'm feeling around like this, and it's just a big exhale. 
And then I just sit there because I don't know what else to do. And then my cousin, who I didn't know at the time, she's doing this Spider-Man type move where she is above me in the, like, holding onto herself up above the wall. And again, you can't see anything. So then she just drops on me. And I don't remember exactly how it looked, but because I watched Black Widow, I'm just envisioning her, like, just dropping on me, whatever side it goes. And um, that just killed Hide and Seek 2.0 for me. Two out of 10, don't recommend. I was crying, it was painful, I was scarred. I don't like playing games, no, not anymore. And as I started thinking about that, it's super fun if you're the one that is hiding. But when you are the person tasked with the role of seeker, you need to be able to see a little something to navigate. And I don't know what everyone in the room and everyone online is seeking today, but I think it's safe to assume that many of us are seeking God. Many of us may be seeking clarity and wisdom for certain decisions that we have to make. Some of us are seeking what our purpose is, what our purpose is now that kids are out the house, what our purpose is now that our world has just drastically changed and what it seems like overnight. Some of us are tiptoeing our foot back in church, trying to seek God again. And then there's some of us who don't even know if we want to label ourselves as a Christian just yet, but for some reason, we feel drawn to the church. We feel drawn to this house in particular. But one thing I believe that we all desire and we all seek how to navigate this crazy thing called life. And I wholeheartedly believe that God does not want us wandering around aimlessly in the dark like I was. Psalm 119, verse 105 says this, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Today, I want to encourage all of us to utilize the powerful gift that God has given us. And that's his word. I'm going to be throwing out a lot of scripture today. Some is going to be on the screen. Some is not. Some just probably going to come to me in the moment. So if you're the type of person that takes notes, I think today would be a great day to take notes. And if not, just listen intently um, to all that I say. There are two things that differentiate the Bible from any other sacred text or any other form of literature. And one of those things being that all scripture is God-breathed. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 and 17 says this, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Yes, humans, wrote this book, but it was under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. The next thing that distinguishes the Bible from other books is that the Word of God is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. That's what it tells us in Hebrews 4.12. This is a book that you not only read, but it reads you. The Holy Spirit illuminates the word of God and causes it to speak to your very circumstances. 
As I was praying for what I would share today, there was a passage that came to mind. And I've honestly don't recall ever preaching a message from this book. The passage is in Proverbs. And the majority of the book of Proverbs is written by Solomon, if you remember the stories about David and Goliath as his son. And a proverb is just a short, wise, easy to learn saying that calls a person to action. The passage I'm gonna read is from the perspective of a father speaking to their child. And in the same way, I believe God, our heavenly father, is saying these words to us today, is saying these words to ascent today. I'm gonna read Proverbs 4, verses 20 through 22. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. If you read this verse in its entirety, this is the third time that the father is telling his child to pay attention to my words, listen carefully. And I was a pretty good student in school, but there was a few times when the teacher had to tell me to pay attention. And the reason I believe is I was just praying about this passage why the father is continuing to reiterate to his child, pay attention, listen, pay attention, is because sometimes other things distract us. Sometimes other things are competing for our attention. Your phone right now, your notifications, your email may be competing for your attention. Somebody just got a like on Instagram is competing for your attention right now in this moment. And again, I believe these are Jesus' words to us in this new season. And if you don't remember anything that I say today, I pray that you remember this. A life centered on scripture helps us experience the abundant life Jesus came to give. A life centered on scripture helps us experience the abundant life Jesus came to give. And I believe there are four things that God wants us to lean into when it comes to his word. And the first one, if I go back and look at that passage, it says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. The first thing I believe we need to do is we need to know the word of God. We need to know what it says. How could we pay attention if we don't know? How could we listen carefully if we don't keep it, the word in front of us? Sometimes we let what is said up front on a Sunday be our only intake of the word. And we all have a journey that we go through. But sometimes we allow Sunday, what someone else has studied, what someone else's revelation, their time with God, be the only mechanism for how we get the word. And we have the sweet privilege 
to be able to know God's word for ourselves. We have the sweet privilege of being able to access the word on our phones and the Bible. And I believe that in this season, we need to be students of the word. Getting in the word. And if I could be completely honest with you, there is, uh, I'd probably say almost half of my life as a follower of Christ, where I only knew what was preached on Sunday. And if I'm honest, I didn't want to read the word. I had no desire. And then I started hearing my pastor speak and just talk a lot. And then, you know, I just decided, God, would you give me a desire <laughs> to read your word, to know your word for myself? And not too long ago, I was in a small group with some high school girls, and I'd asked them a question when it came to trusting God. And I asked them, you know, what does that mean? I forget the specific question. And then all of them gave me their response. And I said, how do you know that? And they just looked at me for a second. Uh, I think I heard it on a Sunday. I believe God wants us to know the word for ourselves, to know without a shadow of a doubt, this is what his word says. Church, what do you know? When everything falls apart, what do you know? My 18-page paper that I wrote was on Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. And one of the things that I broke down in a way, I don't think I've ever broken down scripture, was that you see that Jesus' response to what the enemy says is as it is written. His response is scripture. And I think for us, one of the benefits of knowing the word, not only in the good times, but also in the hard times, is when we're going through something, you go through storms different when you know the word. Romans says that God causes all things to work together for the good, for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Scripture also tells us that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Scripture tells us that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And when I know the promises of God, when I'm in a storm, when I'm in a season, when I'm waiting and I don't know what's going to happen, I can get confidence in that word. I can get peace from the word. He says that if we keep our minds stayed on him in Isaiah, that he will keep us in perfect peace. There is benefit to knowing the word. I wrote down three prayers that have helped me as I lean into the word. Lord, what are you saying? Lord, what are you saying in this text? The next one is, Lord, what does this mean to me? Help me to apply this to my life. Those are some of the questions that I've learned over time to start asking myself as I read the word. The next thing that I believe God wants us to lean into is meditation. Now, when I heard that, some of y'all probably thought of, you know, someone seated, crisscross applesauce, and like, hmm, and a little gong, and a little chance, and all that. 
But a lot of times we, we think that other religions and other practices, like they own meditation. When scripture actually tells us to meditate, Joshua 1.8 says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything that is written in it. What does it mean to meditate? Meditation is simply the discipline of seeking your mind on higher things until your mind shifts. The goal of meditation is mind renewal. The goal, I don't know if y'all hear me, the goal of meditation is mind renewal. It's for the purpose of renewing your mind. In Romans, it tells us to not be conformed to this, the pattern of the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God wants us to read this, read this word, read his word. It's just a few passages and to sit and to think on it. I don't know if y'all have ever heard that phrase, a verse a day keeps the devil away. Um, I struggled. I, I couldn't do that in the beginning. I couldn't do that at all. But instead of just reading something and being so quick to put it away or putting the check on our checklist, God wants us to meditate in his word. He wants us to think on it. He wants us to ask those questions that I mentioned before. Lord, what are you saying? What does this mean to me? Help me to apply this to my life. And I'm sorry, y'all, I saw Black Widow. I want to be a superhero deep down very much. I don't think that will ever change. And I just got, I started thinking about, you know, when you see Marvel or a really good movie you like, you don't just immediately jump from the movie to something else. You stay, and especially if it's Marvel, oh baby, you gotta wait to after the credits roll so you can see that little extra bonus scene. And I don't know about you, like I was, um, my husband and I saw Black Widow and we're looking at the movie and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that means and oh, I see that connection and oh, I see how that's happening and where is this gonna go? We gotta do the same thing with scripture. We gotta stop and look at it and ask ourselves those questions. Um, one of my favorite communicators, Priscilla Shire, she says to pour over the passage, to pour over it. And y'all, it's a, it's a discipline. It's a discipline to pause and get in the word. It's a discipline to pause and meditate on the word. Conforming is easy. That doesn't require any effort. But transformation, that requires intentionality. How do you meditate? Determine what is true. Meditate on truth. Look at what is true. That's what it says in the book of Philippians. Philippians 4. It tells us to focus our, our mind on things that are true, things that are pure, things that are noble, things that are trustworthy. When we start to renew our mind, we, it changes how we live on a day-to-day -day basis. It changes how we interact with people in our close relationships. I can't tell you all the things that renewing my mind has shifted in my life. I used to be someone that prided myself on not forgiving people on saying you got three strikes and then you're out. 
I used to be someone that was really insecure in what I looked like. I used to be someone that would struggle just with my thought life. It's when I started to meditate on the word to, like that passage says, get it in front of me. I started to pay attention to what that word says and ask God, ask the Holy Spirit, help me to apply this to my life. Meditation. (laughs) My pastor used to say that worry is a negative form of meditation. And I know all of us know how to do that. But what would happen if you started to meditate on God's word? If you paused and intentionally set out time to stare at that word, to ask questions, to explore it, meditation. The next thing, now y'all, since I'm the prayer pastor, I guess I have to throw prayer in there. I just can't help it. I feel like I could just talk, say so many things about prayer these days. I believe God also wants us to pray the word. And that's helpful when, if you've ever felt like you don't know what to pray or you don't have the right words or you feel discouraged, pray the word. In this season, um, now that we just have a bigger closet, I'm just going to put post-its of different verses that I'm standing on in this season. I've shared with you all the passage in Isaiah that says, when the time is right, I, the Lord, will make it happen. God causes all things to work together. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Aisha, why would I pray the word? Prayer is a conversation, right? Prayer is a conversation between me and God. But you know what? God honors his name and his word. And when you pray the word, scripture tells us that he's watching over his word to perform it in your life. That if I tell him, God, you said, you said, and you can only say, God, you said, if you know what his word says. When you look at the life of Jesus, I think about, again, that moment in the wilderness. Jesus is quoting scripture against the enemy. Jesus is quoting scripture when he prays. Jesus Jesus is the word, y'all. John 1, in the beginning. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And the word came to dwell among us in a fleshly form. Jesus is the word. Praying the word is powerful. Praying the word helps renew your mind. Praying the word Things shift when you pray the word. There is power, there is a shift when you pray the word. Mm. The last thing, and I'm not saying these things go in order. Maybe some of them have a certain flow, but I realize all of us have a different journey, different process. We wrestle with different things. I think this last one is key. 
God wants us to live out the word. Live out the word. Again, that passage, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your hearts, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to the whole body. I might have shared this passage when I preached last time, but James 1.22, it says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. And I chose the book of Proverbs because there's often a comparison of the wise person and the foolish person. And what is wisdom? Wisdom is not only knowing what to do, knowing the right thing to do, knowing God's truth. Wisdom is actually applying it and living it out in your life. And as we desire to represent Jesus in our families, in our communities, living out the word helps us faithfully represent Jesus. Why do so many people think that Christians in the church are judgmental? Why don't people see the church and believers as being loving, being faithful, being compassionate? I believe there's a gap in between us knowing the word and actually living it out. It's about getting it in your head, in your heart, and on your feet. We are called to be living epistles of God's word. We are called to be ambassadors for him. A life centered on scripture helps us experience the abundant life Jesus came to give. Can I make a quick confession to you all? Oh, I didn't hear nothing, so I don't know if I'm going to make the confession. Can I make a confession real quick? Okay, thank you. I've never watched Star Wars. Mm, I know, I know. See, are you judging me? Because we just talked about that. We just talked about that. I never watched Star Wars. I've never watched Star Trek. I don't know the difference. <laughs> and, sorry, y'all still love me, y'all still love me, okay, cool. Um, I don't know the difference. And for the longest, I've just come to the conclusion that those films, those movies are just not for me, I don't get it, it's just like, I, I used to say like, oh, that's, you know, those are older films and they start making newer ones, so I don't really have an excuse for that. And as I was working on my paper on Friday, God started to remind me of my perspective on these franchises. Then he started to tell me that there may be some people in the room or people watching online who feel a certain type of way about God's word. Like, ah, it's irrelevant. Ah, I get it on Sundays. Ah, I tried it before and I didn't get anything. I don't, I don't know if I want to do that or uh, it's just, 
There's some things in scripture you might have just opened up to Leviticus or something and read something. And you're like, yeah, I just, I can't do it. I just, no. And I believe, and this is like a heart check for me, I believe that God wants us to give his word a try. I believe God wants us to really lean into his word in a way we probably might, I don't know why that came out as a song, we probably might have never really tried and attempted. Maybe you're like me where the Bible, if you have a physical Bible, it's just a core. It's just a core. You never open it. It's dusty. You don't even clean it. It's just a core. And I'm not going to judge you because that was me. But I believe God wants us to give his word a shot, to not jump to a conclusion like I have, and I haven't even tried it. I don't even know what one book says or what one chapter says or what one passage means. I've never tried to break it down on my own. God wants us to open up the scripture, to become students of the word, to become living epistles, living out his word. I don't know if y'all know that saying, but it goes something along the lines of, you may be the only Bible that someone reads. And that's not saying you have to just walk up to people and be like, hello, I'm Proverbs 1, and this is what it says. No, no, no. In your actions, how you live, the life you live, that is a big witness. That is a big testimony of God's goodness. Oh man, how you go through storms, people at your job know what's going on in your family, they know you just experienced a loss, but you show up to work with the spirit of excellence, you show up to work with joy unspeakable, you show up to work with peace that surpasses all understanding, they gonna start looking at you, one, like you crazy, what are you doing, but also, how do you do that? I know the diagnosis you just got from the doctor, why are you smiling today? Why are you trying to encourage me when I know what the doctor has said about you? I'll never forget. Mm, I don't know if I want to go there. I'm looking at my time. Hmm. I'm going to go there. I'll never forget. I was on the set of a Disney show. And I had um, this cross necklace. And there was this guy who was just looking at me, and we're just like talking and get along and just super excited to finally be able to film. You just got to wait a lot when you're on set. And he was like, don't you hate me? And I was so thrown off because we were just having this fun exchange. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I just met you. I feel like we're just getting along very well. And he was like, all I have ever experienced from Christians was hate. And you have a cross on your neck and you're being kind to me. You're treating me like a human being. And I said, sir, I am so sorry that that has been your experience. I know what God's word says in John, that by this people will know you are my disciples, by the love that you have for one another. So I do my best to walk in love. And he was just looking at me like I'm crazy, but he's also like, girl, I like you. And I was like, I like you too. And that started a, a friendship. 
I was able to present him something different, something that he had never experienced before. And family, as I close, this is what God is calling us to do. Yes, we're going to be a gospel-centered church, and we're going to preach Jesus and preach the word, but also on an individual level. He wants us to know his word, to know his promises. He wants us to meditate on them, think upon them, pour over them, ask them questions, stare at them. He wants us to pray his word. That will just elevate your prayer life. Let me tell you that right now. When people come up to the front of the stage and, you know, sometimes people say what they want prayer for and sometimes they're just like, I need prayer. When I don't know what to pray for them, one, I make room for the Holy Spirit to just put things on my heart, but I just pray God's promises over them. I pray nine times out of ten, I'm going to pray that you will have God's peace that surpasses all understanding. I'm going to pray for protection. I'm going to pray that you come into, shout out to Dennis, who talked about this unusual awareness of God's presence. I'm going to pray that for somebody if I have the opportunity to. And he wants us to live it out. Go and do likewise. Live it out. Represent him well. Be the word. Live it out. Don't just be a hearer. Even for me, I tell myself, don't just be a hearer. Don't just be a teacher, but be a doer. And none of us reach a mastery level. There's room for us to continue to grow. We don't want to be a people or a church that is boastful in the amount of scripture we know. We allow that to cause us to fill us up with pride and look down on people that don't know. But we want to be a people who delight in the word, people who strive to live out the word in their day-to-day lives. Ultimately, we want to be a church where its community, its people are simply committed to being students of the word. I'm in seminary, I'm a student, but y'all, God wants y'all to be students too. And there's grace for your journey. There's so much grace for your journey. So I don't know out of those four things what I shared, what God may be tugging on your heart to lean into today. Is it just simply getting in the word for yourself? On a Monday when you leave here, going back to Proverbs and reading that for yourself and asking God, God, what scripture are you telling me to pay attention to today? What promise do you want me to pay attention to today? A life centered on scripture helps us experience the abundant life Jesus came to give us. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the access that we have to your word. And Lord, I, I don't forget what it was like for me in my journey. And I didn't have a desire to read your word. God, right now, I pray for that person. I pray, Lord, that you would give them a desire, that you would give them a hunger to know the word for themselves, to dive in themselves. And God, for the rest of us, show us how you want us to lean in. Help us grow. Give us a greater understanding of your word. 
And by your spirit, help us to live out your word and represent you in every room, every place, every space that we enter. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.